Section 55 of American Scenery, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Laszlo Beauregard. American Scenery, Volume 1. By Nathaniel Parker Willis. Connecticut Valley from Mount Holyoke. The broad open lands, or intervals, as they are called in this country, which border on the Connecticut, contain some of the most sunny and fertile pictures of cultivation to be found on our continent. From the mouth of the river up to its rise beyond the White Mountains, it is gemmed with beautiful rural towns, many of them among the first in our country for prosperity, neatness, and cultivated society. The history of these towns presents some of the bloodiest traits marked on the early settlements of New England. The event which gave the name to Bloody Brook, a small village near the southern extremity of Dresfield, is among the many sanguinary records of the difficulties and dangers of the first settlers in this valley. For a considerable number of years the inhabitants of the valley had lived in as perfect harmony with the Indians among whom they had settled, as was possible, with the great difference between their characters, principles, and pursuits. They had purchased their lands at an equitable price, and all their transactions with them had observed the strictest equity and humanity. This state of tranquillity was only disturbed by the wide-spreading intrigues of the bold sachem Philip, whose discernment, comprehensiveness of views, and admirable address entitled him to the first rank of superiority among the aborigines known in our history. By means of emissaries, and personal solicitation and eloquence, this renowned warrior succeeded in uniting all of the numerous tribes of Indians within the territories colonized by the whites in one extensive conspiracy of extermination. Though divided into many tribes, hostile to each other and perpetually at war, they joined in this common cause, and a general war broke out at once in every part of the country. The first symptom in the valley of the Connecticut was an abandonment by the Indians of their fortresses and houses. They were pursued by a party of settlers, and overtaken about eight miles above Hatfield, where a skirmish ensued, in which nine or ten whites were killed, and about twenty-six Indians. Several attacks upon the settlements in the valley immediately followed, repelled always with the loss of life, and on the 30th of May, 1676, a body of six or seven hundred attacked Hatfield again. The men were abroad in the fields, but, reinforced by a small band from Hadley, they broke through the Indians and joined the families who had fled to the fortified houses for protection. After a prolonged contest, they succeeded in driving the Indians from the settlement, which was never again attacked. The village of Deerfield was among those which had suffered most from the first incursions of the Indians, the houses having been burnt, and the town evacuated in consequence. Their harvest had been cut about two months before, and having been stacked in the fields, escaped the conflagration. About eighty men from the settlements below came up to protect the harvesters in carting it in, and about three thousand bushels of wheat were thrashed, loaded upon the wagons, and had been drawn as far as the brook before mentioned, without molestation. The settlers stopped here to gather grasses, and while thus occupied, were suddenly and furiously attacked by a body of eight hundred Indians. Captain Lathrop, the leader of the party, ordered his men to fight the Indians in their own manner, availing themselves of the protection of the trees, but the natives, trained to run from tree to tree, and to conceal themselves in this sort of warfare with unexampled address and caution, fought at great advantage, and soon decided the battle in their own favor. Lathrop was killed in the commencement of the attack and of the whole number of reapers and armed men, ninety were killed on the spot. 
Captain Mosley, who was at Deerfield when the enterprise was undertaken, marched immediately with a small band to the relief of Lathrop. But when he arrived, the contest was over, and the savages, flushed with success, were pillaging the dead. Forming his men into a close column and commanding them to keep their ranks, he charged the Indians with the greatest intrepidity. Spite of their numbers, he drove them into the swamp, and forced his way through the whole body. They then attempted to hang upon his rear, but with great presence of mind he wheeled and broke through them again. In this manner the fight was continued for five hours. He drove them several miles, and, with only two men killed and five or six wounded, succeeded in killing ninety-six of their number, and returned unmolested on his way to Deerfield. The next morning the little band went out to bury the dead, and found the savages again stripping the bodies on the field of battle. Mosley drove them once more before him, and then, having performed his melancholy task, heaped a monument of loose stones over the victims, and returned. The name of the stream, Bloody Brook, is, at present, the only memorial of the catastrophe. End of section 55